Oh my god. What? You know that the other girl in Stranger Things who works the ice cream shop? Yeah. You know who her parents are? No. Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. Really? Yeah. Her name is uh, Maya Ray Thurman Hawke. I find two things interesting about that. One, that she is that girl. Yeah. And two, that Uma Thurman got top billing on that one. Uh, did she? Thurman Hawk. Yeah, because don't you want to be the the last name? Mm, no, that's what top billing means, is that you're the name on no, top of the No, hang on, hang on, hang I know what it means. Hear me out. Because you know what her stage name is? What? Maya Hawk. Because it's her last name, is Hawk. Well... Oh, that's is that what she's credited as? Yeah, her birth name is Maya Ray Thurman Hawk, but you can't go by Maya Thurman Hawk, so her name is Maya Hawk because it's her last name. You can go by whatever you want. No, you can't. Gordon Sumner goes by Sting. Wait, is that his last name? Pretty sure that's his last name. Uh, yeah, but not if you're an actor. Like you can't. Your name can't be like galifianakis or something and then you get up and and just become a star right that's true that's a fair point well you've got me dead to rights on that one way to go hold on i'm still drinking (laughs) no not still we no we this is a different episode we don't record two in one time no i meant i'm still drinking as in i've been drinking since last week during the last episode okay great yeah i've i haven't stopped i've just been on a bender for this entire time you're gonna die well we all gotta go sometime and i might as well go out in a blaze of obscurity and averageness and depression (laughs) well that that just goes with obscurity No, that felt like a good start. That was a really good start. Should I back it up? Let me try it one more time. Should I do it again? Do I try back? How far back do I go in this conversation? Do I just go back a little bit? Do I go back a lot of bit? Do I take one more sip? Here we go. Ready? I'm going to take a sip. Ready? Ah, Oh, yeah, everybody. Welcome to the media lunch break. Bring you all of your... Nope, that was really bad. (sighs) Is there any way you can just edit in the all yeah? Because that was a good all yeah. I felt good about that all yeah. Yes, I can. Okay, great. I can do that. Okay. I won't. But you could. I could. Well, that's good. All right. I'll take that anyway. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Media Lunch Break, everybody. Bringing you your comic geek and movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and slowly get drunk on a podcast. My name is Chris Trebel. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Dunn. Say hello, Andrew. Your jealous podcasting co-host, Andrew Dunn. Because you're not drunk? Yes. Yeah, well, you've got 12 Patreon followers and we have three, so what's it matter? So let's get right into this. As soon as I got out of the movie theater, I was interested in getting on the mic and talking about those, so I don't want to put this off any further. Andrew, as you know, recently a movie came out and it was the talk of the nation. It caused a riff in our in our society. And there were two camps of people who love this and people who hated it. It was a movie that has been a long time coming. It has been prophesied really to be coming into theaters. People have been waiting on just bended knee and, and edge of seat in order to see this movie. 
But I don't want to talk about cats, actually. I want to talk about Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Great. I really want to see... Do you, would you like to see cats with me? In no way would I ever want to see cats. Oh, I want to see it so badly. Honestly, I'll, I'll give you this. If I was going to see it with anyone, I would see it with you. But I do not want to see this movie. Maybe we can, like, when we do Ghostbusters or Blues Brothers, maybe we can buy a DVD. It'll be long enough. And we can just get tanked and watch cats and do a commentary. Uh, that... I would 100% get tanked and watch comment and do a commentary on cats. Maybe that should be a thing is let's just get tanked and do commentaries on movies. Perfect. We'll just fall asleep halfway through all the movies. Yeah, that'd be great. So Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker. I want to get into this. I have a feeling I know how you feel about this movie, but I'm curious if I'm right. First of all, of course, spoilers all around for Rise of Skywalker. If you have not seen this movie, don't listen to this episode yet, because we're going to just get into it. And probably spoilers for The Last Jedi as well. Yeah, probably spoilers for all of Star Wars. If you are new to Star Wars, the fuck are you doing here? On this planet. And also spoilers. So Rise of Skywalker. I'm curious. How did you feel about this movie? Did you like this movie? It wasn't that good. I knew you were not going to like this movie. I knew it. I knew that you weren't going to like this movie. You know how I knew you weren't going to like this movie? Because you really liked it? Because I really liked this movie. I really liked it. And I came out of the theater and I liked it so much. I was like, Andrew's going to hate this movie. I could feel it. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it very much. Okay. All right. So let's talk about this um i'm trying to debate on how to really get into this what let me just get just wade into the deep end what specifically was there anything specific that was kind of glaring anything big issue that you that just kind of ruined this movie throughout that that you were just like i can't get over this hump uh the biggest problem specifically and this is I mean this isn't specific but it's just bad storytelling. There's so many tropes in it of the characters we think are dead but they're not. Sort of C3PO, Chewbacca, the Emperor, Rey, Kylo Ren, like it, it, half the characters almost die and then don't. Not to mention like when we think they're dead, there's no time spent on it. Like when Chewie, when they think Chewie's dead, no one's like, oh my God, I can't believe Chewie's dead. They're just like, well, that sucks. On to the next thing. And there's like, I, I don't know. It's very strange. And then it, to the point where I was like, he can't be dead or else they would give us time to grieve. And they hadn't. And then like one scene later, they're like, oh, Finn just has no object permanence and uh, <laughs> didn't realize there were two ships. And also, Ray killed a lot of other, like, probably mostly innocent, brainwashed people. But Chewie's okay, so I guess that's fine. And, like, I, I don't know. There's a lot of, like, like, what is this shit with the Emperor? Like, if you kill me, like, the prophecies are that if you kill the Emperor, the Emperor goes into your body in a non-sexual way, I believe. But if... I will tell you this. I would have loved to have seen that other version of the movie. <laughs> but, but wait a minute. So, but, but if you use your lightsaber as a baseball bat and knock his lightning back at him, it's no, it doesn't count. It's a loophole. It's written in the ancient Jedi texts, I guess. You know, like, I, yes. I don't understand this. Yeah. I, I don't like that they negated 
like Darth Vader, like the reason that it made sense that Darth Vader killed the Emperor was because Luke was unable to do it. But Darth Vader was already lost. Like his father was already lost. And that's what made his sacrifice so great was that he could kill the Emperor. So like there was a loophole that made sense there, but this didn't make any sense. And also like, oh, you thought a Death Star was bad. Well, here's 10,000 of them. And furthermore... When they're like, well, I guess no one's coming. I was like, literally the first trailer they released showed everyone showing up. So I have no emotion in this. Like, I don't feel like no one's coming. I'm not like, oh, God, what are they going to do? I know that they're coming because I saw them all in the trailer. Can you please, in future episodes, can I make a request? What? That you go on rants that are so long that you actually go and furthermore (laughs) (laughs) and additionally furthermore (laughs) the stuff about like Finn's like they need like a there's first of all there's a million setups for like romantic interests and none of them have any follow through so like Finn is clearly going to admit to Ray that he has feelings for her but then it's okay that she doesn't like him back because he finds another person who's literally the same I, I was watching a review of this movie by Jenny Nicholson who's a great great Star Wars uh, fan and a reviewer of a bunch of different stuff and she said that this character, I forget this character's name, but the African-English woman who was a stormtrooper, and then she's, you know, maybe Finn's, maybe they will, maybe they won't, it's a new character. She said that that character reminded her of, you know, the Chipettes in Alvin and the Chipmunks? How, like, all of the Chipmunks have, like, a completely identical love interest and she was like that's what this was and there was still no follow-through and then at the end she just went on some adventure with lando calrissian instead because they've set that up in the comics so like this was all just like a marketing type and like what the fuck is up with giving chewbacca a medal and she's like i think you need this he already has one he got one in the comics and that was such a fan servicey move and like uh, it's it's hard for me to watch any closing film after watching a movie like Endgame. They set the bar, and now, like, if that was a 10, this was, like, a 4. I didn't feel anything at any point in this movie. I did not feel sad. I didn't cry. Every time something happened, I felt like either, well, they're not treating this with enough breathing room and time that it's real. So, like, Chewbacca... C-3PO, all those characters who are dying. I was like, well, that's probably not real. Also, introducing the ability to save people with the Force, I was like, okay, well, like, I don't really feel like there's a lot at stake if you can bring people back from the dead. And then uh, the other side of that is that, so either there wasn't (laughs) enough breathing room when characters, quote, died, quote, or there wasn't enough (laughs) subtlety and nuance when, like, Leia dies... Like, there's a minute where they're, like, sad, and then Chewie starts, like, punching the ground and screaming to the sky. And I was like, he didn't fucking do that when Han Solo died. When Han Solo died, he just walked away and shrugged. You know what would have saved that scene? Here's what would have saved that scene. Please keep going. When Leia died, what should have happened was we should have had the exact same shot of, it was like Poe, Ray, Finn, and Chewbacca, and it slowly is zooming out. And what should have happened is you should have been like, oh, they're so sad that Leia died. And then as it moves back, Chewbacca should have just quietly dropped to his knees. And that would have been really sad. But it instead felt like that that like comedy trope where like someone dies in a hospital and like, 
It's like a, a like a wife dies in a hospital and her husband is like, "You fucking bring her back to life or I'll fucking kill you." <laughs> and I'm like, "What is happening here? What's going on? Nothing in this movie makes any fucking sense. The plot is just like a video game a gotcha like this it's is... like when you go on quests in Skyrim and they're like hey you gotta get this thing well how do I get this thing I don't know you find the map that's actually a dagger okay well I guess I gotta go find the map that's a dagger okay I found the map that's the dagger now can I go see the emperor nope you gotta use that map that's a dagger to go find a triangle okay well I guess I'll go find this triangle okay I got the triangle great now you can go fight the main boss anyway that's everything I think There. All right. Okay. Well. No, it's not. Furthermore, the opening <laughs> the crawl. <laughs> the opening crawl is like, oh, FYI, the emperor's back, and then that's it. Like usually they set up like, here's where our people are. Here's what they're running from. Here's what they've done between the two movies. Here's where the villains are. Here's where they go. like it sets up everything. This just says the emperor's back, and now they gotta kill him. I guess. And then it cuts to the rebel base, and literally one of the rebels says, somehow the Emperor has returned. And I'm like, that's all we get? And then, like, okay, so the Emperor is cloning Snokes. He's just got, like, a bucket of Snokes that, a like, he's growing. Like, he, he waters them once a day. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> he waters them. He gives them plant food. He's bringing them up. Well, okay, so this is another point that Jenny Nicholson made that I love. Okay, so we're to assume that the Emperor grew Snoke and sent him to win over this young boy. And the thing he thought that would win over a small child is like a wrinkly old man? <laughs> and like, when does he get all fucked up? Like, did that clone get all fucked up? Like, scarred in the face? Does he grow them that way? Why? Is the Emperor a clone? Does he... Why does he still have the scars? Why did he choose to make a clone of himself all wrinkly and weird and gross? Wouldn't he make one that's, like, smooth and shiny and new? Like, I don't understand this movie. Everything about this movie is so weird. Okay, that's it. Are you sure? No. <laughs> You know what? I was gonna... I was going to... <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> that was... That was a testament to breath control and train of thought. Listen, I don't go on, like, like fanboy rants a lot on this show. Wow. Usually that's your job. That's true. It's incredible because I'm the one who's been drinking. <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't really. I was gonna, I was gonna start talking, but I honest to God think we should just move on. I just, I kind of just want to leave the episode at that. Um, <laughs> you may, hold on. You, you're probably gonna have to cut this part out. Um, he, uh, he peed a little bit. So what? I was talking. <laughs> you know what? I'm not gonna explain what that phrase meant. You can leave that in and let the and let the listeners decipher that for whatever it is. What the hell are you talking about? Don't worry about it. I kinda, I'm not even kidding. I kind of want to just leave the review as that rant and then <laughs> move on to the reading assignment. I want to know why you liked it. Here's the thing. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. I think I'm slightly more forgiving of it. And, and let me be clear. This is one of those movies for me that 
you know, there's some movies where I really like, and if someone doesn't like it, I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. And then there are other movies where I'm like, I really liked it, but if you didn't, I totally get it. And this is one of the movies that uh, if you didn't like it, I totally get, and it's totally valid, and I have no problems with it. I, it's not a perfect movie. I think I also went into it going, this is to be the finale of not just nine movies, but these nine movies is almost a suicide mission because people are going to compare this to Endgame. And I understand why they want to. But the one thing that I will give that gave Endgame a leg up that this wasn't a hurdle for this movie is that Endgame is the finale of 11 years that have been going constantly from beginning to end. This is a storyline that they've been telling straight shot since they began. And so there's been no break they have had kind of a through line throughout the whole thing from beginning to end. So when you're telling that narrative and you can bring that to a conclusion, you are bringing that to, you're bringing that train into a station that has been running from start to stop. Star Wars is a different story. Star Wars is one, uh, the original Star Wars is by almost every account, one of the greatest movies ever created. Critically, fan-based, whatever you say. It is one of the greatest movies ever created. The franchise is one of the greatest franchises ever created. The storyline, at least for the original trilogy, whatever you think of the prequels and this new set of movies, is one of the greatest stories ever told in cinema. So to try and make a movie that finalizes all of this is, like I said, it it's almost undoable to do it in a satisfactory way. So I think I went into this going, there's no way they're going to really be able to do this to please absolutely everyone and make it critically acceptable and fan acceptable. They're not going to hit it all on all accounts. So I'm just going to go in with an open mind and just enjoy watching this happen. So I think that made it a little more forgiving for me. It's not a perfect movie. I agree with you, actually, on a lot of the stuff. The Chewy thing was very thin. It's really, really thin, and it's really dumb. Sarah and I saw this movie together, and she is a huge Star Wars fan, and we both agreed that the love stories in this, there are a couple of different like love triangles or, or, or love stories that really feel just unfleshed and unnecessary. Part of that is a holdover from The Last Jedi with Rose and Finn, which that love story in the last movie also felt ham-fisted anyway. So now they're trying to kind of retcon it in some sort of way, but still continue on. So it feels like there's a line, a through line through the, all three movies. The Ray and Ben Solo thing is a little like... It, weird kiss? It's a weird, weird kiss. It's, that was a weird kiss. It was a weird kiss because it felt unearned. Because for the whole movie, you don't know... When she's saying, you know, I was going to take your hand, does she really mean that in a romantic fashion? Or is it because these two people sense that they are the only two people in the entire galaxy that understand what the other one is going through, that feels that type of connection? There is a bond that is beyond that that doesn't have to be romantic in nature. And so the kiss doesn't really... It's not that it doesn't make sense. It's just unnecessary. Okay. And furthermore, this was another thing that, like, super bugged me, that, like... They totally threw away the, like, she's nobody. Like, there's 
such a great opportunity. There were books released for children, for little girls that are like, even if you come from nothing, you can be one of the most powerful people in the world. And it was this big deal that like they were making Ray from nothing. She was nobody. She was just a, a, she was a poor trader on a desert planet. And like, she was nothing. And then all of a sudden she was special. Like that's a tale as old as Jesus Christ and probably older. To just throw that away, they also had a great opportunity. Okay, so if she comes from nothing, the reason Kylo Ren is her foil is because he comes from fucking everything. That's why he's so upset when she has the lightsaber in The Force Awakens, and he's like, that belongs to me. Give it to me. You're nothing. You know, he's like, I come from royalty. I'm from Darth Vader. I'm from Princess Leia. I'm from Han fucking Solo. You are nothing compared to me. And then she fucking slices his face open. That is the reason why they are two sides of the same coin because he is everything and she is nothing. And like, there's such a great opportunity for the yin and yang to come through. And then you're like, oh no, she's just the emperor's granddaughter. And also like, okay, so if we're saying that she has to be like- She if, actually if is the, something, like, yeah. Okay, are we bringing back midi-chlorians? Because like, is it genetic? And, and if so, was her parent who is related to Palpatine, I don't remember if it was mother or father, is that person, like, really strong in the Force? If so, why weren't they able to defend themselves against that guy who stabbed them with a map? Right, 100%. Why would you use the map to stab someone? It seems like it's important. Wouldn't you just use another knife? I agree. Yeah, that's 100%. I agree with all of all of these things. I think... Why would she remember the ship that was by that guy, Ho-Chi, and not her parents' ship? I don't under... Did he leave and catch up with them? Why did she think that that was their ship? Also, when you see a ship somewhere and you go, I've seen that ship before, aren't all ships in the Star Wars universe mass-produced? Like, you wouldn't be like, I've seen a blue Honda Accord before. You'd just be like, oh, there's another car. Like, I... I you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. Every scene is so weird. Do you need Do you need to take a nap, bud? Do you need to lie down for a little bit? No! You seem like you're you're pretty worked up right no. now. Do you want to take a little break? No. Are you sure? No. Yeah? Do you wanna... I want ice cream. Okay. Do you want to go get some ice cream? Yes. Yeah, let's go get some ice cream. Okay. You going to take me for ice cream? I would, uh, sure. I would love to take you for ice cream. Those are all my thoughts on Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Maybe. Cool. Cool. Should we just move on? Do you want to just move on? Yeah, I mean, if, if we're t while we're talking about Watchmen, if I think of something else, I'll just yell and furthermore and keep going. Yeah, because I feel like you're also going to go on a rant about Watchmen as well. So maybe I'll just... <clears throat> like I said, I don't have anything... I agree with all points, and I, I think, like I said, my main thing is I, I think I've just decided that I'm going to be more forgiving on it, um, just because I also take these movies in the fashion that um, George Lucas kind of thought of these in, as in the, and similar to, the, to Indiana Jones, that these are the, the old movie, the old B-movie serials of his youth. And so there's a little bit of swashbuckling. There's a little bit of, you know, it's going to be thin on plot. It's not always going to be, 
Yeah, you know, if you focus too much on the exact science of it, it does fall apart, and that's fine. I'll just go with the ride of it. Well, okay, you want to talk about the science, too. Like, why is it so difficult for them? They were like... I, di- I really didn't like, actually want to talk about the they science. They were like, okay, we, we can do the Holdo maneuver, and they're like, no, we can't, and then they just move on. Sure, sure, absolutely. Because I think... Point that- a ship at the things and hit the button. Okay, yeah. No doubt that that's a good point. Andrew, there's no doubt that that's a good point. You bring up all good points, buddy. You're doing really good. I I, <laughs> I will say I like I agree with your point about the like I almost said Flash Thompson, Flash Gordon. Is that what it is? Flash Gordon. <laughs> the like yeah. serials that he loved. <laughs> that like I like the idea that like like the opening line is like the dead speak or something like yeah, that which it's is very, very old like... school it's very much back to that and it, it and it's funny because i i actually remember reading that line when it came up in the theater and it was like that's actually really it it, it speaks to me in that jj abrams gets what these movies are he gets the I, the basic theme behind these things and so when people are like there's this and there's this plot line and there's this thing and then the, and yes there are problems with this movie and it's not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination but i think the reason i'm so forgiving of it is because i go okay this guy gets what the movies are supposed to be they're supposed to be a fun swashbuckling um adventurous good time uh and so everything else after that i'm like okay it does you know there's this problem, there's this problem, but some of the stuff I am more forgiving of simply because I'm going, okay, in in a B-movie serial, you wouldn't focus that much on that. You would just kind of like lay out this plot point and move on from there because that needs to be the plot point that's going on. The Chewie thing- Yeah, I disagree. There's a reason we don't do those anymore. And like, it's the reason that The Phantom Menace is not a good movie. Those are fun swashbuckling movies. They're not any good. But see, the problem is, I. but I maintain that the problem with the original, not the original, I'm sorry, with the prequel trilogy is that George Lucas forgot his own concept. It's the same reason that Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is supposed, Indiana Jones is supposed to be the same thing, is that they forgot their own concept. Is that this is supposed to be the old, almost schlocky B-movie serials of their youth that they grew up and love and made them fall in love with with cinema in the first place. Is when you forget the concept of why you created these movies in the first place and you make a trilogy about trade agreements, it all falls apart. Which is why this new trilogy, again, yeah, there are problems with it and yeah, there are things that... I'm not wild about, and it does fall apart at times, but I'm willing to go, all right, well, you know what? It doesn't quite make sense, but we'll go with this. Yeah, that's a good call. Like, it pushes both ends of the spectrum, the the prequels. They've got, like, all the crazy, adventurous swashbuckling, and then, like, there's stories about, like, voting in the Senate. Exactly. And I think, in some ways, now that you say it, I think this movie suffers from the same thing and that they're trying to make it that old school swashbuckling like the original trilogy was. But at the same time, they know that fans are going to be looking at this with a closer eye. So they're trying to put more of a detail into it. They're trying to put a little more fan service into it. They're trying to wrap it up in a, in a more, in a deeper way. But at the same time, you got to make a call. Are you going to go? one way or the other are you going to go for deep heartfelt cinema or are you going to go for big budget blockbuster swashbuckling fun the russo brothers made it really hard to end a franchise they did but again they had a train that was trucking along at high speed i know but here's what here's what i wanted to say in response to you saying that earlier so 
you're saying that like having more time to write good stories makes it harder. Like they have more time to write every movie and they still can't do right. it. I'm not saying that that it's not the amount of time. It's the fact that there is a momentum going into Endgame. There is a moving momentum that is barreling forward to propel Endgame to be able to feel more cohesive with the other movies that came with it. Because the other thing is that movies and cinema and the way that we make movies and the way that we view movies and the way that they write movies has changed from a new hope till now. Yeah, but there's pros and cons with that, though, because they also have less time to make all these cohesive films. Yes. If they're barreling through. Yes, there are. But you are making everything looks relatively and feels relatively on the same line. If you watch A New Hope and you watch this movie, you can tell the changes that cinema has made yeah, yeah, yeah. in writing, in acting, in um, budget, in cinematography, all of these changes that have happened. They, as much as you try and make them feel in the same universe, to watch one, the beginning of this series to the end of the series does not feel like the same thing. And so the, it, that's what I mean. It is, it is a really difficult feat to do. Right. And so again, I went into this like, there's no way they can really pull this off the same way that Endgame did. It's just really, the cards are too stacked against them. So let's just go in and we'll enjoy it and we'll just let this thing kind of come to a stop. No. But first, a 15 minute rant by Andrew Dunn. <laughs> you ready to move on to Watchmen? Yes, let's move on to Watchmen and then we'll we'll get the hell out of here. To backtrack a little bit for your reading assignment, I gave you Watchmen. Now, I gave you Watchmen partially because you had said you never read it. And it is, you know, kind of one of those pieces of work that everyone always says is uh, almost required reading to be a comic book fan. But also because you had, at the time we had just come from Comic-Con and you had seen the first episode of Watchmen... By the time we're recording this, the last episode of Watchmen has come out on HBO. Um, I don't think you've seen anything else from it. I've seen all of the episodes, but it's one of the reasons I wanted to put this on the reading list for you, because it was inevitable. So anyway, you can now begin your rant. Go on. I have one note and one note only written under Watchmen in my notes for the show. Great. All caps, new rule, only assign chapters or single issues. Fair point. To be fair, hold on one second. Sarah's glaring at me in some sort of way. Go on. I can't believe you're talking about this without me. What? Oh, Rise of the Skywalker? You walked in in the middle of- the one podcast episode you could have put me on that I give two things about. You could- if you want to jump on right now, we just barely- No, no, come on. Listen, what you missed was a 15 minute rant from Andrew about how much he hated this movie. So if you want to jump on this- Jump on this. I missed that whole rant. It's, oh, listen, it's a doozy. It's okay. The fact that you both didn't think of me oh, is so sad. Oh, sweetheart, I think of you every second of every day, light of my life. You mentioned her. You brought her up. I did, me- that's right. Wait, I did mention you. I mentioned our conversation about the love triangles and how they were really unformed. Do you want to get in on this? Get in on this. I wanted to include you, but you didn't seem like you were really in the mood. You, wait a second. You walked in the door. You knew what you were talking. And now I'm on a rant, damn it. You knew what we were talking about. Okay. And you at no point was like, hey, can I throw my two cents in here? Or do you want me to get in on the mic? You can volunteer. No, You're part of the show. I'm not volunteer You're the Kramer of this podcast. Let's be honest here. Okay. 
I'm just saying. No, get in here. No, get in here. No, now you're in the show. No, hold on a second, Andrew. I'm going to physically pull my wife onto the microphone. Hang on one second. Oh, my God. I think this is illegal. Nope, here we go. Nope, nope. You gotta come. I'm gonna bring the mic to you. I'll do it. That's it. I'm getting the mic. Nope. I'm literally pulling my entire computer and my microphone into my kitchen because Sarah's gotta be involved. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, Sarah, now, here's the. No. No, no, no. No, you're in this now. No. So, I'm. Do you wanna. Do you wanna. Do you wanna give just a, a brief synopsis on your feelings? On Rise of the Skywalker. And there is no way for me to be brief about this. Ooh, okay. Because you don't, you feel strongly that you didn't like this? Or because you feel strongly that you did like this? I feel strongly that I didn't and did like it. Okay. What didn't you like about it? I mean, we've already talked about... Okay, yes, but also the podcast listeners at home weren't in the car with us. When we were driving home, unless unless that car had a lot more trunk space than I was aware of. Go on. No, go on. Can you expand on what was the number one thing we were talking about? The the d- introduction of character that was unnecessary. Oh yeah, she really. Which she one? Re- there were a million. Like the character. Andrew really it just said which one. Um, she. Really did not care for the Poe, Carrie Russell storyline. Yeah, me neither. That's the thing I didn't even get on. That she should. That whole planet should not have been in this movie. Right. That whole scene, like C three PO, like them doing this fake out with him. The weird Babu Frida guy. He's fine, I guess. But more importantly, the Carrie Russell character, whose face we never see. Yep. And they just imply there's a past without getting into it. And they're like, oh, by the way, Poe was a drug dealer. And they're like, really? And you're like, yeah, never mind. Let's never speak of it again. Right. It made no sense to introduce it at this point. Now, if they wanted to introduce her in the beginning. Any other time. (laughs) Like, literally. If they wanted to introduce her the first time we see Poe, then it makes sense, right? Then then you develop the character. But that would... Right. Like, if he had a locket around his neck with her picture on it and you're like who's that and then like oh my god it's that person right but it would be like in all of the original three if you introduce late in the game that han solo is divorced (laughs) no because that's the original three i'll do one more how about in the third movie you introduce han solo right yeah. And you're like, who, who the hell is, who is this? this? <laughs> right. It doesn't make any sense. I agree. I, it felt to me like, you know, based on her outfit and like her position in the storyline, it just felt like an excuse to make another action figure to me. Yeah, I guess. Or they really just like Carrie and so they wanted to put her in the movie. I I mean, it always feels like for me that he just throws his friends. Maybe. I, I There's, well, reportedly as well, um, the... Uh, Oscar Isaac and uh, John Boyega have both said that both of them were fighting to make like what like the the relationship that ends the franchise is the two of them finally getting together and realizing their love for each other and like Star Wars like Disney was like we cannot do that so I, there's rumors that this movie was one of the things they want to do was establish firmly once and for all that both of those characters are completely heterosexual. And like that may have been the entire purpose of her character and the character that Finn meets on that other planet who used to be a stormtrooper. Yeah, that was also another one where I was like, there's all these love triangles thrown in that are completely unnecessary. 
nice. And none of them have any follow through. No, right. So, but and and they're so quick to like fall in love with this person. Now, I mean, granted, they give backstory to Poe's love for what's her name? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know. We don't Zanita even remember or, this character's or, name. Yeah. I think it starts with a Z, but... um, Could be. With their relationship, at least there's some backstory, but, I mean, I guess you could say that same for, the, like, the stormtrooper chick who, like, somehow has this, like, connection with Finn, and you're like, wait, but that's... It's like a love that, like, blossoms so quickly, and you're like, but maybe it's not love, but, like, the two characters had chemistry, so then you think it's love. It's just a lot. There's just a lot of additional... There are tropes. Yeah, exactly. They're setting up these, like, these tropes that we've seen many times, and you're like, oh, I can point to that. That's two characters falling in love, and then they're like, no, it's not, and we're like, oh, that's jarring. Okay. Right, they want to just be like, oh, it wasn't just Finn that you know, decides to the leave. The First Order. Yeah, the First Order. But not, not even there. It's like his conscience. All of a sudden, like, oh, no, there's more that have, you know, these feelings. And so he's not the only one, which is great. I mean, I get it. I get what they're going for. But then, like I said, I don't know if it was like, then there's added chemistry, but you're like, do stormtroopers have chemistry, right? Like, right. is that a thing? Right. Well, and I read a thing as well that was really interesting about how the character of Finn has really interesting arcs in the first two movies. Like, in the first one, he learns to be, like, a normal person. Like, he was just a soldier, and now he's a human. And then in the next one, he learns to not only fight for individual people, but for, like, an entire purpose. And he learns that, like, there's more to life than just your relationships with other people. And this movie is just him yelling Ray for two hours. He, yeah. But then they introduce, like I said, then they introduce, like, all this, like, is he in love with Ray? Is he in love with... What's the other chick's name? I forget. Um, I don't know. I don't know any of these characters. Because they're just no, no, there no, for the a one, minute the and then one they that leave. He, no, oh, no, Rose. No, the one, Rose. I was going to yeah. say something. Well, evidently not, so, because she has three lines in this movie. Uh, yeah. It was just... I feel like these, these... This trilogy... They always try to put a lot of information in a really small amount of time like i feel like the original three took their time yeah they didn't it wasn't i didn't feel like they were just like like vomiting information at you and that's what i feel like yes these and not not saying that i didn't enjoy the the film vomit but yeah it, it just feels like a lot of characters being thrown at you and information and all of a sudden you know, everybody has a relationship with each other super quickly without really any backstory to it. Yes. Or, like, and then they give you a little back, you know, like, Poe and Finn seem to be, like, best of friends five seconds in. And you're like, okay, like, he tried to kill you. Yes, right. Or could have tried to kill you, right? Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. know, maybe he's a spy, yeah. But, like, no, your best friends or your besties, and you're gonna give them your jacket, and it's gonna be great. <laughs> so, and then you're like, wait, are they a couple? Like, is that like a letter? Right, jacket? yeah. Like, that, there was a big feeling of that. And I felt like at the end of this one, uh, The Rise of Skywalker, that's why we see two women kiss in celebration. Cause it's like, okay, okay, we're not gonna let one of the leads be gay. But here, have this. Have this LGBTQ community be happy. This random couple that we've never seen before. Yeah. Which is fine. 
you know, I just, like I said, that's what I, I didn't like about this movie specifically because it felt like more. It was like the first one was a lot of information. The second one I yeah. feel like was kind of slow. And then this yeah. one, this trilogy specifically, was like a lot thrown at you. Specifically, like the the Ray. Um, the Palpatine stuff? No, no. I actually liked that. I, I liked that stuff. Actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I thought it was really interesting and a, a nice way to explain how she's so powerful in some ways. That she has family history of it so that makes sense to me what was the other thing you were going to say you said that you just started saying and i cut you off you didn't like the her and was it her and kylo ren yeah kylo ren how for the record he has never apologized for cutting me off let's just be clear the history of this <laughs> i was just gonna say can way, you turn to chris and tell him that he's replaced if you're unfamiliar with this voice, it's Chris, the other co-host of this podcast. But don't let me interrupt by any means. I don't think Please I know. I don't continue. think I know any Chris. <laughs> yeah. So the Ray Ben slash Kylo Ren storyline. Right, right, right. The taking my hand when she says taking my hand that has two meanings. Like I don't know what it means in their world, but in our world, what does taking my hand mean? It means marriage. Right. Like, that's what it means. So, like, you can say that's not there, but, like, to any simple human being that goes and watches the film that maybe doesn't know the backstory, that's exactly what they're going to think. Well, and they must have meant that because, like, there's that creepy, creepy kiss at the end. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I mean, one of them is, like, giving their life for the other, so I guess it should be creepy, right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't be good because, like... Neither of them really has that experience. Yeah. So go them on that. I wasn't I wasn't upset about that. But like their storyline completely of this, like now all of a sudden there's a relationship and there's a developed relationship. Now, granted, I guess they've kind of been showing bits of it up until now. Yeah. But to be honest, like not like this. You walk into this film and it's like there's like real history that is like Right. And you're like, wait, is there something I'm missing? And then I was like, oh, maybe they're gonna maybe they had some more contact that we just haven't seen and they're gonna, you know, like they do and these like vomited at us. Right, right, right. And but they didn't. And so you're like, okay. So, which is fine. <laughs> the director, J.J. Abrams, said a thing. Speaking of, like, all the relationships, to go back to Finn, uh, you know how when he's he's drowning or whatever and he thinks they're all going to die, he says, Ray, there's something I've never told you. And then he tries to say it. And then constantly throughout the movie, people are like, what were you going to say? And he's like, oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. Um, that has to be that he has feelings for her, right? Like, that's right. the trope. Absolutely. That's what it has to be. Yes. So J.J. Abrams, the director, and I think he wrote it as well, went to a convention and was asked, is that what he was going to say? And he says, no, absolutely not. He was going to tell her that he's force sensitive, that he has the abilities of the force. And I was like, that's such horseshit. I mean, okay. That's like, such a lie. I'll believe it. But like, why can't uh, he tell her? Right. That's what, you I, know mean. what I mean. Like, and, what, and then Poe the as well. Poe asks later and he's like, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? What's different? Right. Is he afraid that he's going to be like... 
I don't even know what the fear could be. You know, the fear behind not telling somebody. Right, that's what I mean. Why wouldn't you tell as many people as possible? Why wouldn't you be like, you guys, I can do this. Dude, I've got the force. Yeah, right? She's not the last Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I can train too. (laughs) Uh, I actually actually said to Chris when we were covering uh, the the title was released of The Last Jedi. I was like, you know what the plural for Jedi is? Jedi. And I was like, it could be plural. (laughs) (laughs) That was the big reveal. It should have been. But I mean, I guess you could also say like, it is about to the last in some ways, because they could have gone two ways with that, right? Like, Ray could have died and Ben could have risen, right? Like, he was a Jedi before, but do you lose your Jedi powers when you turn to the dark side? When you turn back? Because then all of a sudden he's getting his ass kicked. Yeah, I think they pretty heavily implied in this one that he became a Jedi again. Like, he was no longer Sith, right? Because he denounced that. Yeah, but I don't know. Because then you're like, well, why wouldn't you turn to the dark side? Like, because then he gets his ass kicked. Yeah, I don't know. By, like, the other... I mean, he does end up, I guess being victorious but like you're like really you were super powerful and then you turn back to you know or you renounce being cis so then all of a sudden you lose all of your power or maybe it's like you don't remember how to be a jedi but isn't can that be can that happen when you have training I also really felt like it would have been a way better option to have Ben Solo kill the Emperor because, like, the yes. one of the strongest memories I have from the first trailer of The Force Awakens is him saying to Darth Vader's helmet, I will finish what you started. Yes, yes. And, like, what Darth Vader started was killing the Emperor. Right. And, like, also, the Emperor says to Rey, if you kill me, I can just take over your body. Right. And then it's like, oh, right. but not, not if... You shoot my lightning back at me using your lightsaber. That's the loophole. And it's like, why? That doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And also, I think it would be sad, but killing her off and making him rise fulfills the prophecy, right? Like, And that makes sense because he is literally a Skywalker. Exactly. But they decided to go a different way, which is fine. (laughs) But, like, I, I just think it, I think you're right. I think it would have been stronger, plus she would have just then been in, so I guess now she could, I guess I could continue <laughs> with her story of her turning yeah, to the dark side, they'll, right? they'll sell more like, movies. Because she killed him, yeah. and then yeah, he yeah, inhabits yeah. her body, or she takes over his energy, or whatever, and then, like. I guess. Right? That works. Like, then they can continue the, 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 um. Franchise. This franchise with more trilogies. Yeah, they can keep making that money. Right. Just kidding. This wasn't the last one, not the final. Yeah. Final of this story. Yeah, we'll be watching episode 37 in like 10 years. Right. <laughs> and you're like, uh, does it get any better? <laughs> First three, I mean, the original three is what I meant. Those were pretty good. <laughs> and then like the second set of uh, the second trilogy, ah, uh, and then the third like better. But then this like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they're just like, they're just trying to finish whatever yeah. stories they were concocting. It's also what I've said about what my worry of J.J. Abrams coming on to this. Like, everyone was like, well, The Force Awakens was pretty good. And I was like, yeah, but the problem with J.J. Abrams is he doesn't know how to close things. Like, he worked on Lost, <laughs> and everyone's biggest complaint about Lost was the last episode. Was the ending. Yeah. I mean, but you can always improve. Yeah. So, like... I get it. And he's 
a good director. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's still making money. Yeah. So you want a name on your film? Awesome. But again. And he's not terrible, traditionally. No. No. But I just think, I honestly just feel like these this specific trilogy was trying to put so much in. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know if it was to try and make everybody happy or try and make everybody happy at a certain point. So, like, if I give you everything, then everybody's happy about something, right? Like, I did enjoy the film. That's one of the things, one of my biggest complaints about this movie as a general note was that, like, there's no breathing room. It's just go, 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 yeah. go. Oh, my gosh. From the beginning, there's, like, fight, 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 fight. And I'm just like, okay, but at one, like, breath? No. Okay, more fighting. Great. Breath? N- no. And now you know it's going to be all. I mean, it was, and <laughs> it's just like this cat and mouse the whole time where you're like, holy... He's just like on top of her, on top of her, on top of her. But she seems to also hold him off at some points, you know, but then he's like back and it was a lot. Like I said, it was just a lot. I enjoyed it for what it was. And I was happy when I left. And then, of course, you start thinking about everything and you're like, well, this part and then this part and then oh, oh, and, and then this part and then like this part. Oh, crap. And then this part. Well, and the hardest part for me was like, I was talking to a friend of mine the next day and he loved the movie. And then I was like, I was trying to tell him reasons why I didn't. And I couldn't think of anything that happened in the movie. I was like, right. I don't remember it. When Chris like shoved this microphone in my face, I was like, wait, what did I like? I mean, I remember the one part that right, I didn't yeah, like. You're like, what, what happened again? Well, the reason you can't remember it yeah. from the time I shoved this microphone in your face is because that was three days ago. <laughs> and so there's no way you can remember because at this point we've seen the movie about a year and a half ago chris and i should discuss Watchmen. i think yeah okay thanks for inviting me on guys this is really nice oh, yeah you were <laughs> you were so gracefully invited onto the podcast <laughs> and didn't shove your way on to here well yeah all right, well all right well thanks for having my child bye sarah bye. <laughs> So anyway, so Watchmen. So, okay. Say you're, for those of you who can't remember what your note was about Watchmen from four years ago, if you want to just say it one more time and we'll get back into this. What am I doing? Talk, I'm talking to you. This is okay. me talking to you, Andrew, now. <laughs> what was the, what was the one? Is this Sarah? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to tell our voices apart. What was the one note you wrote down again about Watchmen? I wrote all caps, new rule, only assign chapters or single issues. Yeah, it is It is tough to get through, I, I will admit. Christopher, it was 450 pages. Was it really? Yes. Get the hell out of here. Is that true? 450 motherfucking goddamn pages. I honestly did not know that. So I'm and like there's literature in it. There's like textbook literature about fucking owls. Yeah, it's ah, go figure. Four hundred fifty pages. <sighs> See, even I learned something from this today. Here's the thing. All right, here's how I'll start, and then I don't have a whole lot to say about it, honestly. But this is the main thing I'll say. I I liked. I liked this about as much, and for the same reasons as that one you assigned me, where you gave me like just six loose issues the dc like who done it identity crisis yes identity crisis it felt very much in the vein of identity crisis and i really liked that aspect of it identity crisis did it in six issues yes 
Fair. Identity Crisis is definitely a tighter story than Watchmen is. I think it's because he was trying to play with the medium of comics and things like that. I think that's also one of those things. It does lose something as time progresses. Yeah. It's one of those things that when it came out, it was earth shattering. Yeah. And now you read it and it feels mundane. But I think the reason is because of its influence. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, actually Jeff Hill, who co-hosted with me. Uh, he substituted for you before Comic-Con. And he was saying that like, son of a bitch, it's very similar to like how he feels about the musical Oklahoma. Right. Where he's like, this was a very important musical and it needed to be done. And it totally changed everything about musical theater but I cannot stand it. That's not how I feel necessarily about this. But like, it is like, okay, okay, yes, I, I get it's very important. That being said, I'm reading this in, well, it was 2019. And like, I have to look at it through my own contemporary eyes. And it's very slow. It is very slow. The The thing that I actually like about it is that it is slow, but at the same time, it is purposely slow. It is actually like, for instance, he has said that he actually created that nine panel grid structure because it wears on the eye, oh, which wow. I find fascinating that he played with the medium of what is a comic to its utmost advantage that if you have a nine panel structure the idea is that this world feels tired and it feels hopeless and it feels like it's a slog just to get through it and so what he did is he took a comic book and made it feel that way um and not that's a bold decision it is a bold decision but it puts you in the place of those characters right it puts you in that world in a way that that is not once removed you go when into he puts a lot of trust into the story because you have to really want to know what's going to happen next a hundred percent in order to get through it yes that is yeah it is a bold move and and like i said i think in today's standard for some people it works and some people it doesn't i think back then like i said it was is really revolutionary and so it depends i think you go into this work depending on how you're looking at it honestly my biggest critique is probably i like that idea and i like that there's a purpose behind it but i think it's too much like it might be because i'm a millennial and like i'm like okay come on come on come on but like i get why every person is where they are even th there's so many non-main characters like there's so many b-level characters running around like the newsman and the kid and right the, yeah. well and the like the pirate storyline and i get how they're all connected but, like, I think it needs half of them. Sure. Like, of those, I think they just need to cut out half of them. Sure. Like, yeah, because there's the, like, the lesbian, like, trucker or whatever she is, and then her wife, and then there's, like, the doctor for Rorschach when he's in the asylum, and, like, right. his wife and their friends, and, like, there's everyone. You learn about everyone, and I get, by the way, spoilers for Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm about to go into a crazy spoiler. Go for it. But like, I get that you need to get attached to those characters because we have to see characters we have been with for a long time die in this in order to really feel it. Right. Because if someone, and this is a problem that like, I don't think they under fully understood socially back then. And it's a problem we're still figuring out today that like, if you say 10,000 are dead in Russia, we're like, okay, whatever. But if your fucking brother is in the military and dies in Russia, that's a totally different thing, right? Yes. So, like, 
if you're just like, oh, half of New York was just obliterated, you're like, wow, that's crazy. But if you see these characters and you're like, why are we building up to these characters? And then it's all for nothing. That's his point. Is that like life ends and like studying someone else's life, if it's cut off early, will lead to disappointment. And that's what these characters and you now have to deal with and live with. Yeah. It's funny because I've actually never on a cognitive level put that together the way that you just said it. But it's 100% true that that people because that's I think the main criticism that people today have about it is that there's all these secondary stories and what is the point and da 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 but at the same time what you're not registering is that when that last moment happens when the squid hits New York and you see those panels of all those people dead it is having an impact on you that's the point of why you spend all those time with it is so that you have that impact of feeling that you actually feel the tragedy of this event on a personal level, the sa- again, the same way that he puts the nine panel structure to make you feel tired, the way that the characters feel tired is that you feel the personal event happen to you directly as if you were in this world. And that, I think, was the real feat of this. It is, on surface level, a murder mystery. But when you peel back those layers of that onion what you're revealing is like an entire world that you have been now become a part of um that it's no longer you're no longer once removed you're in that world yeah i think half of them if that's the point if that's really what he was going for i think half of them could have been replaced with an eight-year-old yeah like if we saw an eight-year-old just like obliterated in this thing and after we had seen him like go to the movies with his parents, play with his friends in a sandbox and like do all the shit that we see all these people doing and get a feel for his life and then see his face when the giant squid appears. And then the next shot we see is his like corpse hanging off a bridge that I think would have been fine. I think you're right. I think that he effectively did what he wanted to do. He could have done it. I mean, at one point, is it overkill? The uh, pun not intended. Yeah, right. <laughs> at, at one point, at what point is it like if eight if you are in love with eight characters and you see them all die do you not feel the same way when you see four characters that you love also die do you know what i mean like did we have to spend all the time with the doctor and the trucker and the guy and the newsstand guy and the kid and the thing and the blah 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 if you had just had really just because the ones that i actually really remember are the newsstand guy and the kid if you just had that subplot and you're like, why is this? Why is this? Why is this? And then they die and you feel it. I don't think I got anything from the pirate comic. I will be honest. I have never really gotten anything from the pirate comic. I've never gotten anything from it. The only thing I can find, the reason it's there, is so they can talk about the author, who is the leader on the ship that's creating the squid or something. Yes. Like he's like the main writer for it. Yes. But I don't think that we need that through like every single issue. Right. Just because he's one of the guys that was kidnapped and created the narrative for the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like you could have gotten that again. That's one of those ones where it's like, can you tell the same thing? I think all the components in the story are necessary, but I think, can you do it by peeling back some of that? Can you tell that same narrative in three issues? Instead of 12. For the writer, I think you could do it in the the rule of threes, where you could have a poster up advertising that author's new book. You could have somebody recommending that book to another character and then have another character say, has anyone found that writer yet who just disappeared? And then say his name. So you hear the name, th- you read the name three times and then you're, that's it. You're good. Yep. 
Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Absolutely. I also, I do not like, and I think it's intentional. I'm, I'm certain it's intentional. I don't like any of these people. <laughs> I don't like any of them. I think that is intentional. Yes, of course it, it is. It's 100% intentional. Because that was his whole point, was that like, if real people were superheroes, they'd all be idiots and crazy and insane assholes. But it's really interesting that like, Rorschach is 95% terrible and 5% morally accurate. And like the rest of them are the opposite, right? The rest of them are trying to do their job really well and like trying to do the right thing. And then they're like, should we tell anyone about what we saw? Nah, probably not. And Rorschach's the only fucking one who's like, yeah, I'm going to tell people. And then they fucking kill him. I think one of the biggest downsides of Watchmen is not anywhere in the story itself. It's the inspirations that it ended up spawning because it then gave birth to a thousand and well what if superheroes really existed in real life and nobody quite gleans the right points from it the same way that we talk about like when one type like an r-rated superhero movie makes a success that the studios are going to glean all the wrong points from it it's the same thing is that what alan moore got right was if real people were superheroes all of their flaws would really get in the way of them being able to to be like it is in the comics it's not the physical flaws. It's not the physical, the the physicality of the world. It's the human aspect of people are inherently flawed with their own hangups and their own psychological issues that will keep them from being those true blue heroes that we read about in fantasy and fiction. Uh, I don't know that I have much else to say about it. That's really the thing. For a story that is so long, it's 450 pages. There's not much to talk about. No, I will say this. I'm actually pleasantly surprised. I thought you were going to be vehemently against this. And you actually don't seem to... Not that you, I, I, I can understand if you don't like it, but you don't hate it as much as you as I originally thought you were going to. No, I mean, I'm... I'm look, and again, I, from what you've told me i think this is incredibly intentional i really like it it's just so grueling to get through yeah not in like a like if it was like whoa it's hard to watch this you know what i mean it's so so right like emotional it's, it's just right yeah. Yeah, yeah if it was so like like a thriller suspense or like even gory it's so hard to watch that's one thing but like it's just so hard to read everything. Yeah. Like there are entire like manuscripts in this. Literally every chapter starts with like some piece of literature and it's so difficult to get through. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Some of it is world building because I have read it. I've read it both ways. I've read it where I read everything, including the printed works at the end of this, the issues. And I've read it where I skip over those and you don't lose too much. When you read it with the printed works, you get a little more details about the world. It gives you a little more clues into what this is. And you start to put the pieces together a little more in a whole. But for the most part, you don't... When you read it without... If you skip just from the time that the comic panels end to the next issue and the start of that new issue, you're not missing much. You're really not. That's correct. Which I was not aware while reading it, but here we are. No, but I'm glad that you... I think that you should. I think it's important the first time to read it. I disagree. <laughs> I think, I think you should read it the second time you read it. Like, if you read this whole story and you're like, uh, I fair. love this, I want more, then you should go back and read that bullshit in between. Uh, that's fair. I'll take that. I'll give you that. I liked all the twists. Like, I really didn't expect a lot of stuff. Like, the comedian being What's-Her-Face's dad was really interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
what is nice about it is what propels it is that it's character based. It wasn't spoiled for me that they lost. I was very shocked when Ozymandias says, what do you mean going to do it? I did it 30 minutes ago. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> Which was crazy. That was awesome. Like, I, I was so shocked when I read that. The Rorschach, who Rorschach is, never occurred to me that he's like the third character you see in the book. Oh, yeah. You've already seen him. You just didn't even know it. It's super obvious. Like, after you know it, you're like, oh, he's right outside the comedian's apartment. And the next time you see him, he's investigating inside the comedian's apartment. Like, of course, that's why he's there. So, like, stuff like that was really cool. I loved seeing him in jail just murdering people who are trying to kill him. It is an interesting world. Well, I was going to say it's interesting team-ups. Like, I, it's, it's very interesting to me that the Night Owl and Rorschach having to, like, live in a ship for, like, three days straight is really fun. Yeah, you could do, like two issues, three issues of just that, just that yeah. those two characters being together. That'd be great. And that's what I mean. Because Doomsday Clock, the kind of sequel to Watchmen and where they go into the DC universe, just ended. And I reread it because it started, uh, I think back in the 1960s is when the first issue came out. But it just ended. So I, I went back and reread all 12 straight through just so I could get the full through line of what Jeff Johns was kind of trying to do. And there's two characters in it, the marionette and the mime, who are two villains from the Watchmen world. And they're interesting characters. And it kind of just lended the idea, the same way that when Rorschach is in jail and he meets up with those old villains, you're like, oh, there's a greater world to this that is like a comic book world with these colorful villains and things like that. And it is an interesting one that I would be interested in living in and exploring further if done properly but there are dynamic characters to this that make it interesting yeah i mean i agree that's really my biggest complaint is that like i really like the world i really like the characters i really like the story i just want it to be more accessible to me yeah you can do it in you can do it in like i don't want to say half the amount but i would say maybe three quarters i would say about three quarters of the amount you can tell the whole story in two thirds to three quarters somewhere in that ballpark cool do you have a reading assignment for me? I do. I'm going to do something kind of unconventional, and I'll tell you why at a later date. Okay. I'm going to give you one this time, and I'm also going to give you one next time. Okay. That's fair. I'll, I'll totally do that. You know why? Because uh, Watchmen was 450 fucking pages. So I'm going to give you pro volume, the first issue, pro volume, uh, The Last Victorian, I don't think it's something you've ever even heard of. I haven't. Great. So I'm going to give you that. The first volume is free. So I'm just going to send you a PDF of that. And then we'll discuss that. Okay. Next episode. Okay. Is it a comic? It is. Okay. It's the first issue. Is pro volume spelled with one word? I don't want you to even look it up. I don't want you to look up anything about it. No, I'm not looking it up. I'm looking to see if I can find it on the site. Okay. I mean, you can, but I can also just send it to you. (laughs) It's a free thing. Pro hyphen volume. The last Victorian. Guess what? I can't find it. So you'll have to send it to me. Great. I'll send it to you. All right. Great. All right. And you don't want to tell me anything about it. You want me to go into this cold? Nope. I don't want you to know anything about it. You are welcome to look up things after you read it. Okay. Done. Uh, Absolutely. That sounds cool. All right. And then uh, we'll do something. Yeah. I can't find this thing anywhere. Interesting. All right. I'm now, you've intrigued me, Andrew Dunn, as you always do, intrigued and titillated. (laughs) Great. 
<laughs> well, this episode is about the same length as a presidential term. So let's get let's wrap this up. Hopefully, it's significantly longer than the current presidential term. Oh, man, are we going to start this again? <laughs> Let me put it this way. This episode is about as long as The Watchmen. Uh, I'm sorry. Good. Wait, no, wait. I'm going to get tweeted or something, even though I'm not on Twitter. This episode is as long as Watchmen. No, the... Anyway... Hey, Andrew. Hey, yeah. Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. What? I don't want. Hey, Andrew. What? 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 Hey, Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. What? Where can they find us? Well, they can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, or at soundcloud.com slash the media lunch break. They can find us on Twitter, where our handle is at media lunch break. Send us a tweet there. You can find us on facebook.com. I don't know why I said .com. It's, it could be the app also. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break. You can give us money at Patreon.com slash The Media Lunch Break. It helps us keep the, I was going to say the lights on, but the mics on more than anything. You can find us at our website, which is www.themedialunchbreak.com. Or you can send us an email at themedialunchbreak at gmail.com. Thank you, Julie, for being our first patron and is still going strong. She's one of our, our long, she is our longest lasting patron. And so we thank her at the end of every episode thanks julie and that's it all right that's it we did a thing it's done there was no thing and now there's a thing we did it we have done a thing we're going strong for 2020 we're two for two yeah 2020 you can suck it we're two for two for 2020 oh man let's make t-shirts uh-huh let's make a thousand t-shirts or bumper stickers and sell them to our nine patrons yeah if everybody buys hold on i'm doing math Oh my god. Don't do it, man. You're gonna break your brain. I think it's 10 t-shirts each, right? That equals out? Nope. But I'm close, right? You misplaced the decimal place. I'm like, really close. You're only off by a factor of 10. Oh, that's not that bad, right? No, it's not at all. Alright. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. I'm smart. Genius. Alright, that's it. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. I don't have to be smart. I'm on a podcast. Did you stop recording? No. All right, neither did I. I don't stop recording. The mic stops me. What? I I don't know. I don't know what I just said. That's weird. That sounds painful. Did you stop recording? Did the mic stop you yet? How does the mic stop you? When the mic stops you, how does the mic stop you? <sighs> um, with hammer time. Oh, okay. Wait, can I... I wanted to ask. Let's be honest here. Am I going to be cut out of like half of this episode? Yeah. You're just going to edit me out of the last, uh, out of the Rise of Skywalker portion, right? Yes, but only because you just almost called it The Last Jedi. I did almost call it The Last Jedi. Not only am I going to edit you out of the Star Wars movie review, I'm going to edit you out of Watchmen and replace you with things Sarah said about Star Wars. You could probably do that. There's enough raw footage of whatever the hell you guys were talking about. Because I'll be honest, I blanked out for a while. Because I clearly didn't need to be there. And so you could probably do that and make the whole episode with her. I love seeing true love. Did you get the pictures I sent you? No. Well, you'll get some on your phone. I texted you some pictures of her recording. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, we'll have to put them up on Twitter. Yeah, I'll probably put them up on the Facebook. Aww. Yeah. Anyway. Where are they? I uh, I see. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good yep that's what those i thought very good chris um are you holding the microphone i'm literally i held the microphone for 30 
fucking minutes for you people. Why, all right? Why did I was, you I was take, a living mic stand. Only, hang on. Why did you only send me these? These are terrible pictures. I was holding a microphone. Not one of them. One of the, you're not holding a mic. She is. These are just not flattering pictures. She's going to be upset with you when she checks our Facebook page. Hold on. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> one, uh, don't go on the Media Lunch Break Facebook page for like another week or so. Okay? I know you're on it. I know. You're on it all the time. It's like, did you're you no, you, I did not post pictures of you yet. And I, I, uh, will not post pictures of you tonight. And so, but just don't go on there for like a week. I know you go on all the time. I know it's like the first thing you do when you wake up. It's your cup of coffee in the morning, but just don't go on for like a week. Okay. Deal. I would never post pictures of you without your permission tonight. Just don't, just, do, just don't post pictures of me. I'm not going to post pictures of you by yourself. I'm going to post, uh, I'm not going to post pictures of you by yourself. At all. Tonight. Just, just do me a favor. Don't go I on the media lunch break. I like the phantom voice that comes on. I don't want to be. Phantom voice. They we're all phantom voices. No, what are you talking about? Like it's a podcast. Like. They know what you look like. I like. They don't know what I look like. They, for all we know, we made up those images. Those could be stock photos. Most Those headshots we use on our website are from Getty Images. They know what you look like. That's why we have fewer patrons than I do. You son of a bitch. How dare you bring that up? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Now I'm... Oh, damn it. Oh, I spilled over my whiskey glass, but there was no whiskey left in it. All right. Now I'm going to be done recording. Can I stop now? Yes. This is a very long episode. It is. Thanks for giving me so much to edit. No problem. This is your punishment. You brought this on yourself this time. You did this to you. Let's be clear. And Sarah did this to you too. How did I do that? (sighs) I don't know. But if you listen back somewhere in the middle of this episode, it's your fault. I'll find something. Yep. Yeah. It's definitely your fault. Okay. I'm hitting stop. Let's get the fuck out of here. Now.